0: I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, strong mom. Welcome back to another episode of the Mama's New Strong Podcast. And today we are talking all about macros and macronutrients and you probably heard the term macros macronutrients macro counting if it fits your macros and today we're really going to break down what the heck are these macros and in a very simple way as well and why I think macro counting is the best diet for moms trying to lose weight and reach a fitness goal and yes I might be a little biased I've been doing macro counting for years now but there's a reason for that. It, it I found that it works for me. I found it has worked for women I work with. And before I give everything completely away and, and start explaining, let's just go ahead and dive into today's episode and let's first let me explain why. What are macros? And just a side note, if you are wanting to get started with macro counting, I released a podcast podcast episode. It was episode 27. It's called Your Virtual Nutrition Consult. And I walk you through step-by-step the same process that I take my one-on-one clients through when I do nutrition consults. And it will help you to figure out your macros and your calories based on your goals. And it even comes with a cheat sheet that you can download and it lays all the steps out for you because it's just so much easier to see it. In person versus, or you know, see it actually there versus trying to listen to everything and then do it. So, the only thing is, um, it does require you to keep a one week food journal, but you can go ahead and listen to that episode. It'll explain everything to you. But if you want to take today's episode a step further and actually start applying this whole macro counting thing, that's really what I would suggest you start with. So let's now talk about the basics. Macros is short for macronutrients, and macronutrients are what make up the caloric content of food. Macros are broken down into three categories, proteins, fats, and carbs, and alcohol is also considered a fourth macro category. Basically, macros are where the calories come from in the food you eat. sounds pretty simple, right? So now what we're going to do is talk about what's are the macronutrients, each one of them. And just another side note, food is also made up of micronutrients, which are vitamins and mineral content of food. And this is also important to know, just on a side note, that that food is also made up of micronutrients because 100 calories from spinach is not the same as 100 calories from ice creams in terms, uh, in, in terms of nutrition as well. So basically, all food is made up of a ratio and combination of macro and micronutrients. So now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about the macros. Let's talk about proteins, fats, and carbs. And we're going to start with protein because this one, to me, um, or it's not to me, Just this is just the way it is. This is actually the most important macronutrient in terms of importance for fitness and for health goals and that includes weight loss as well and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So there are four calories in one gram of protein. Proteins are made up of 20 amino acids. Nine of those amino acids, acids are actually a set, uh, essential aminos which means your body cannot produce them and you have to get them. From food. Amino acids are the building blocks of all tissue in your body, including muscles, nails, hair, skin, cartilage, and more. Your body uses protein to build and repair tissues. You can also use protein to make enzymes, hormones, and other body chemicals. As you can see, protein is really important. And as you can see also, like I said, it's really important when it comes to gaining muscle and losing fat. And studies show women on average only eat half of what they need in a day. And I've seen this to be true in nutrition consults that I've done. I've also seen women also get great results by just simply upping their protein. And the reason is, is protein actually can help you not only reach your goal, but stick to them. Studies show it helps to reduce appetite and cravings because it reduces levels of the hormone hunger ghrelin. Protein also helps to rev up your metabolism because it helps you burn more calories throughout the day. All food actually has a thermogenic effect, but protein has the highest. Protein's thermogenic effect is 20 to 30 percent, carbs is 5 to 15 percent, and fats is around 5 percent. And this is the percentage, what this basically means is the percentage of calories that are burned during digestion. Because it does, it takes energy for your body to digest food, so it creates a thermogenic effect. And protein takes more to digest, which means more calories are burned during the digestion process, and that's called the thermogenic effect of food. And eating more protein can actually result in 1 to 200 more calories burned in a day, which doesn't seem like a whole lot, but when it really comes to weight loss, um, it's accumulation effect, right? It's all the doing all these right things that accumulates into the weight loss and accumulates into being in a calorie deficit in order for you to lose weight. And if eating protein, um, you know, also it can also help more because if you're eating more protein, it'll create you it'll create less cravings, like I talked about, and then you'll eat less junk food, right? So that could actually mean. Hundreds of calories saved a day by simply eating more protein—not through just the thermogenic effect of it, but also because it's helping you to stop eating the junk food because you're feeling more satisfied and um, you know not having maybe late-night cravings or whatever that case may be. So that can actually add up in the long term. And this is why I, when I teach women how to count macros we really work on focusing on protein first calories and protein because protein really matters a lot when it comes to like i said it comes not just for trying to gain muscle because a lot of us think like oh yeah you know we all know protein is good for muscle growth but it's also very important for weight loss and I, um, you know, thinking about those more, I probably need to make a podcast just on protein. I know I made one on carbs a while back, how carbs are not evil. Um, I didn't really go into tons of things about carbs that I, that I could have, but I really made a case for why you don't need to do low carb diets in order to lose weight and actually how carbs can help you to reach certain, uh, to reach that fitness goal. If you're trying to look toned, you're trying to gain muscle and trying to look fit. Um, all right. So that is protein. And just on a side note, guys, um, you did see that I said proteins are made up of amino acids. So if you think about it, your BCAs, that's amino acids. That's in a sense, those are protein. The same with protein powder. If you look and you turn over your protein powder, you're gonna see all the amino acids that it includes. So protein is made up of those amino acids. So now let's talk about carbs. There are four calories and one gram of carbs, just like the like the protein, remember? Four calories and one grams of protein, same with carbs. Once eaten, carbs turn into glucose in your body, which is your body's number one source of preferred energy. So when you eat a carb, it turns into glucose. It turns into blood sugar, right? And that's what our bodies actually prefer as energy source. And when you look at, say you turn over the back of a food label, you also see that sugar and fiber is right below carbs, like in this little same section together, and carbs are are made up of sugar and fiber as well. Um, so not all carbs are created equal though. This is why carbs get a bad rap. You know, because, of course, there are not so great options for us as carbs, but there are also some very healthy options for carbs, and carbs do have a place in a healthy diet. So simple, so these two categories of carbs, so you, carbs can either be broken down into simple or complex carbs. Now, simple carbs or sugars are made up of shorter chains of molecules, and they are quicker to digest than complex carbs. This means that simple carbs produce a spike in your blood sugar, right, your glucose, providing the body with this short-lasting source of energy. So a good example is when you have Chinese buffet, right? What happens like thirty minutes, an hour later, you're like crashing, you're hungry again, um, and you, you know, you want food. You're tired, you're groggy. You know, those are the kind of signs of that you just ate a, probably a bunch of simple carbs, right? Um, and so what happens is your body will digest these really quickly, which leads to this spike in blood sugar, and then also it's followed by a big drop in your blood sugar, and that drop in the blood sugar is what's causing you to get hungry, it's causing you to get tired, and stuff like that. So that are those are simple carbs. So examples of that, like I said, pasta, candy, chips, ice cream, basically mostly all the carb junk foods. And like I just explained to you, this is why you get so much hungrier faster with these kinds of foods is because of the way that your body digests them. Now, on the other hand, complex carbs are made up of longer chains of molecules and digest slower than simple carbs. This means longer, sustainable energy. Examples of complex carbs are fruits, rooty starchy vegetables like carrots and potatoes, and whole grains. And these kinds of carbs actually help you to stay fuller longer, and they're also a good source of nutrition and they aid in digestion due to being high higher in fiber. And because they're also higher in fiber, fiber means that's why they're also sustaining you longer, right? So fiber is is good. It actually helps to slow do- down the digestion of food. All right? So consuming an a- 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 adequate amount of carbs is also important for hormone health, especially in women more so than men. You know, Studies show eating low-carb diets like a keto has a negative impact on your T3 thyroid function and puts actual it actually puts extra stress on your adrenals, and this results in more cortisol being produced. And if you're not very familiar, cortisol is your stress hormone. We don't want that. That's been associated with harder weight loss. It's just we're already stressed out to begin with, right? Uh, I know we have all these stressors in our life, even dieting itself, over-exercising, um you know, fight with your husband, having, uh, you know, things going on at home with your family, things that are stressing you out, everything is a stressor, right? And we're trying, we really should be focusing on doing things that are going to be less stressful on our body. And that's going to mean better health for us. And an Oslo can contribute to easier weight loss as well. The less inflamed you are, the less stress you have. So eating lower carb is not necessarily the better route when it comes to weight loss. And, um, you know, on a personal note, too, I just it's not to me, it's not sustainable as a mom. Um, Maybe so for you, you know, I I know people I've kind of done this spill, the whole keto thing works for some people doesn't work for everybody. But it doesn't mean that you have to eat low carb to see great results. Um, That is just a story that, that we, you know we've been told by weight loss uh, industry at this point because a lot of people are promoting these really low carb diets, but we don't have to. You know, um, as you're going to see later, I'm going to explain to you why I've, I I love macro counting. I think it's great for moms. It's just such a balanced approach. I don't believe in taking anything out because, as you see, if you go and you were to research more about complex carbs, those things like the fruit, the whole grains, the vegetables. The starchy vegetables, these things have a lot of nutrition for you. Um, You know, those kinds of things, we don't need to take those out of our diet, right? We just need to make better choices. And I wanted to really break down these macros because, you know, when we think carbs, we think like, just this mask view of carbs, like every, like all carbs are bad. And it's really like, no, like there's better choices and other, and I hate to, I don't ever want to demonize food and say like one food is evil or unhealthy, or you're bad if you eat that. Like, no, but the truth is there are foods that are healthier for us than others. And so it doesn't mean that like those simple carbs, you know, those, the candy, the ice cream, the chips, all that stuff means that we should never eat that, that it's just, horrible. Um, no, just eat in a moderation. Be aware of that. You know, it's not having a bag of potato chips. is not going to kill you, okay? Um, it's just when we accumulate those choices of eating those kinds of foods all the time is when it's going to have a negative impact on our health and our weight loss. But, you know, we can incorporate those things into our diet and still have great results. And we're going to talk more about that when I talk about macro counting. So let's just stay on track. The next one is uh, the next macro is going to be fats. And there are nine grams and one gram of fat, which is more than twice per gram when compared to proteins and carbs. So a fat just means it's more energy dense, all right? 1 gram of carbs I mean, 1 gram of fat has a lot more energy than 1 gram of carbs or 1 gram of protein, which is why it holds more calories per gram. Now, fat can help improve blood cholesterol levels, reduce inflammation, and is vital in absorption of fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K, which means you need fat to help you dissolve, help you absorb and metabolize those vitamins. It also contributes to brain health and blood clotting. Just like carbs, there are different types of fats. There's saturated, trans, polyunsaturated fats, and monounsaturated fats. And just like carbs, there are ones that are good and then ones that are not so good for you kind of fat, and you want to limit them. And then, um, so we're going to talk about that next. So saturated fat, comes from animal products. This kind of fat, when room temperature, it gets solid, it's solidified. So think butter, your, you know, your meats, um, you know, and at one point in time, we really blamed these fats for heart disease and clogged arteries, which we know isn't true now. So saturated fat can actually be healthy for you in moderation. Turns out red meat won't kill you or give you a heart attack, right? But now let's talk about trans fats. So these are, These are the not-so-great. These are the fats that you actually do want to really avoid. Um, They can be found in trace amounts of meats, but mostly they're man-made by food companies to help extend the shelf life of their products. They put... This, these trans fat oils into the packaged goods so that they can stay on the shelf for a year or whatever, you know. So it means more money for the food companies um, long in, in the long run. And these oils are actually not recommended at all because these are associated with heart disease. People actually are starting to realize this. So if you'll notice, and, and maybe you already kind of know about trans fats, but if you don't, now you're going to really notice this when you go and you look at. Uh, Foods that you're buying. I think Oreos is a good example of this. You'll look at the the Package and it will say zero trans fat on the front and I have this saying with like my clients as the front of the food label, like you want to learn how to read the back of a food uh, of a package, not the front. The front is what the food company wants you to see. They That's where they put all their marketing tactics and all that. You want to turn it over and look at what's really in your food label. That's what I call is it. it's, it's the back of the food label. So you'll see a lot of these packages, they'll say zero trans fat on the front. They're trying to get you to think it's a healthier food, which if you really were to use your common sense, you're looking at, like oh, this is a freaking cookie, like processed it's not that great for me, you know. But unfortunately, there are loopholes in the um, – uh, there are loopholes in – I don't know what you would call it, like the just the FDA, the regulation – or food regulations. There's loopholes in the food regulations, and they can put that label on the front as long as the food contains so much uh, – It's like a percentage. It can only have a certain percentage that it can't go over. It's under that. Then they can say that they don't have any trans fat. And you can look up more information. I didn't look up details on what it is. I forgot how many trans fat it is per whatever of the food that they can say, okay, well, you can put it's not, you know, it has no trans fat as long as it stays under this. But there's a way to to still figure out if uh, it has trans fats, you know. There, the food companies get really smart, and this is also the same thing with sugar. They do this as well with high fructose corn uh, corn syrup because they know now the public is like, oh, well, we know this isn't good for us. So they know that people are starting to look at that and not buy those kinds of foods. Same thing with trans fats. They change the name. So if you look at the food label, look at the ingredient list, and if you see Um, something that, if it says partially hydronated oils or sometimes it just says hydronated oils, um, though that's that's trans fats. That's another name for trans fats. So know that if you read that label, you see that even though it says zero trans fats on the front, it says hydronated or partially hydronated oils on the back. Well, it just means it has a less amount of it and they were able to say, oh, I don't have trans fats, but it still has them, okay? So next is monounsaturated fats, and these are fats that stay liquid at room temperature. So these are like your olive oil or canola oil, grapeseed oil, basically mostly cooking cooking oils, right? Besides um, coconut oil, which side note, coconut oil will be a saturated fat because it stays hard at a uh, solid at room temperature. Um, these so these monounsaturated fats can actually improve cholesterol levels and blood sugar regulation these can actually help to keep your blood sugar stable which is really good for also for hunger right like we talked about earlier with the simple carbs your blood sugar going up and down that's uh, that's going to be causing you to have food cravings so these fats are better for they're better for you but you still want to eat them in moderation like everything just like the the, the carbs as well you want to eat it in moderation. And then the last one is polyunsaturated fats, which are found in fish, flax seeds, walnuts, sunflower seeds, soybean. These fats are also helpful for improving cholesterol levels. And these fats are also broken down into omega-3 and omega-6, which you might be familiar with that. Omega-3s are mostly found in fish sources like salmon and tuna. And omega three actually helps to reduce inflammation. We all hear or know how, or have probably heard how great salmon is for you, and it's because it has omega three. And omega six is found in things like grapeseed oil and vegetable oil, and this can help. They help to promote like healthy skin and hair, as well as a healthy metabolism. But you don't want to have too much omega six because it can lead to. In, or contribute to an inflammation. So really, you know, you want to have a higher amount of omega-3s than you do of omega-6 in your diet. So, and then also, just on a side note, we're not going to talk much about alcohol. I said alcohol is also a macronutrient, but just a side note that pure alcohol, one gram of pure alcohol is 7 calories. All right. But it's kind of hard cuz it's like usually whenever you're drinking alcohol, there's carbs associated with it, right? Because we're mixing it with things and fruit juice or juice in general. So that's that's just another just wanted to throw that out there so you know that alcohol is also considered. Like you what do you do macros? Like you do you got to track that too. So now that we talked about all that um, and you're you have a very good understanding of what the heck macros even are, let's talk about what macro counting is. What does this mean? What is this trend? Um, it, I say trend because there is kind of a trend of it that we've seen with if it fits your macros, um, that community. Um, so I'm going to first talk to you what about macro county is. And then I'm going to share with you my approach to macro county, which I feel like is a more balanced, well-balanced approach. That is something definitely that a mom can sustain long term. And it's something that you can even incorporate into your eating healthy with your family, which is what I do. So macro counting, basically, it's what it sounds like. It's counting macros. And, you know, like you've you've heard of calorie counting, right? So it's like that, but you're counting macros. So you have so many macros in a day for whatever your goals are. Now, in a way you are kind of calorie counting because all macros make up calorie content, but it goes even further than that. It's not just looking at calories in a general, it's like what are making up those calories and making sure that we're picking things that are balanced out, right? Because you can calorie count and say, okay, I'm going to eat 1,400 calories. Well, <laughs> you can eat 1,400 calories of complete junk food, right? If you're trying to lose weight. And yes, that can work. Essentially, it can work. And people have done this and proved it. Like, you can lose weight eating junk food. As long as you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. Now, the calorie deficit part is It's kind of complicated, so that's why people don't think like, oh, calories really do matter. They really, they do matter on a basic fundamental level, but it's really how your body's metabolizing energy that gets complicated. We're not going to talk about that, but just know on a basic scientific fundamental level that calories do matter, but if you want to take your weight loss from, you know, like, eh, like, okay, whatever weight loss to like amazing transformation, transforming your body, keeping your, your metabolism healthy along the way, then that's really where you want to look at the macronutrients. That's really where that comes from because where your calories come from actually really do matter. And it actually can make the weight loss easier, especially when you are having to cut calories to lose weight you know by eating a higher protein diet remember i talked about it earlier how it's more satisfying it actually can help with food cravings and keep you more satisfied and then also like carbs choosing the complex carbs over the simple carbs the things that are going to give you that more sustainable long-term energy it's really important in helping you to sustain and to adhere to whatever your you know rec- uh, your calorie intake should be for whatever your goals are now also so when it comes to transforming your body, when you do macro counting and you pair that with strength training, your weight loss is going to be amazing. You're going to, you know, when you, the weight comes off, you're going to maintain your lean muscle, if not, maybe even gain some. So that means you're going to have curves in all the right places, right, ladies? Like how many of you have had this happen or know somebody where they've lost a bunch of weight and guess what they lose? They also lose their butt. <laughs> if you are eating a high protein diet, you're eating um, complex carbs, you're eating a well-balanced approach and you're including strength training, guess what? You're going to have a nice perky butt at the end of your weight loss because you have maintained your muscle, if not gained your muscle. And that's another really important piece when we're losing weight is we want to maintain that lean muscle. The more lean muscle you have, the higher metabolism is because it takes more energy to burn, I mean, to maintain muscle than it does to fat. And if you are going about weight loss in a way that's really restrictive, um, you're severely cutting your calories. calories, you're eating a bunch of junk food, you're not eating enough uh, protein you're, you know, you're essentially not doing You're not doing yourself any favors. You're going to be losing lean muscle mass. It's not just going to be fat. You know, I know you're stepping on the scale and you're seeing the numbers. Um, we really want to make sure that that weight loss is coming from mostly fat and not from your lean muscle. We really don't want that. You don't want to end up being skinny fat (laughs) at the end. I hate that term, but that's, that's the best way I can explain it that everybody's going to understand what I'm trying to say. All right. So that's really where the macro counting has its place in weight loss and transforming transforming your body. And it's nothing new, guys. It's been around forever. This is what bodybuilders do, figure competitors, athletes, um, people that have the best physiques in the world. They use ma- macro counting to, you know, to help them reach their goals. And all of them eat high protein, that's that's going to be your number one is going to be getting in an adequate enough protein and proteins also really important and with the weight loss, like I said, it's also going to help its it's muscle sparing as well, especially if you are eating lower ca- uh, carbs, like I don't recommend low, like what I recommend. And if you go and you listen to that nutrition console is moderate everything, like I'm like, okay, let's do we're gonna do high protein, and then we're gonna do moderate carbs, and we're gonna do uh, moderate fats. And it's very a uh, well balanced approach that's really easy to keep up. So that is kind of what the whole macro counting thing is. And so when you're doing that, you're going to need something like my fitness pal, which is a food diary. And I really recommend keeping a food diary, especially in the beginning. You don't have to do a food diary forever. I know... At first, macro county can seem really daunting because you're like, oh my gosh, I got to track everything, I got to make it fit into these ratios. And when I work one-on-one clients, I have a process, like because it is, it's it's complicated if you're trying to do everything all at once. But I have a step-by-step approach that it's like, okay, we focus on this, then we focus on that, and you just uh, over time you dial it in. But it's in a very easy, um, more it's more sustainable, more easy approach to follow, right? Instead of trying to do it all at once because then you're gonna overwhelm yourself and you're. You- <laughs> It's just, it's it's hard. I remember when I first started doing macro counting. Now the cool thing is about macro counting. This is why I freaking love it. Is it makes you read food journal. I'm um, food journals. It makes you read food labels. It makes you actually understand what the heck is in your food. So this is way different from all of their diets. You know, essentially, uh, macro counting is a lot like other diets like weight watchers they use a point system right macro counting is you're you're counting macros right it, it's the kind of the same concept in a way but with weight watchers like you don't actually learn how to read food labels like you learn their system and their point system when you learn macro counting you actually learn how to read food labels, what's in my food, you actually learn the food. So it's like once you learn that, you got that down for life. That's a skill for life, and you don't have to forever keep a food journal. I don't. The only time that I keep a food journal is when I'm trying to dial in and I'm trying to reach a certain goal. So like right now, just for fun, I know that sounds crazy, just for fun, right? But I love challenging myself, and right now I'm trying to drop my body fat percentage um, lower and, you know, get some more ab definition, just kind of like giving myself a goal to like keep myself motivated, you know? Um, it's not because I'm doing it because I'm like, I don't like the way I look. Like I'm fine with the way I look. I just want to challenge myself. So that being now I'm going to have to dial it in. I'm going to have to do the macro counting, but when I'm just maintaining, I don't have to do that because I can look at a plate and I can estimate the macros in that plate because I've been doing this for so long and over time you'll be able to eyeball and you'll be able to like okay you'll know that's a high protein food that's a high carb food that's a low carb that's this that's like you start learning that stuff and once you got it down then you can make anything work in a macro count you really can and this is gonna (laughs) kind of go into the next point that I want to make is there is a community of people that is called if it fits your macros where you'll see it on Instagram it's like this fitness person eating stuffing their face with donuts and pizza and it's like haha if it fits your macros and it's like okay cool like for one those people don't eat like that all the time I don't know why they think they have to like like make it a point to like show when they're cheating <laughs> or not I don't well, I hate that word too cheating but like eating unhealthy things like hey look this is how I get the way I look and it's like okay really that's not very realistic because those kinds of food are going to sabotage your efforts you know they're going to give you more food cravings um it's not going to fill you up your it's harder to stop eating those foods once, it's hard to stop stop eating those foods once you start eating them, right? Like, you know, there's those certain foods, right? You eat them and it feels like you just can't stop eating them. Well, they're actually engineered and made. Yes, there are food scientists that these food companies hire that make the food <laughs> that way, right? They want you to overeat it. They want you to come back and be addicted to it, all right? So it's not realistic to eat those things all the time and think like you're going to have a great body. Now, the good thing about macro counting that I love is you can incorporate those things in moderation, right? So if you, all food is, you know, it's broken down into macros, right? All food has protein, fats, and carbs. There's some ratio of those things. So if you have a set amount of macros you can have for a day. Well, you can play around with those numbers and make any food fit that you want. If you want to go out to eat for dinner, then you can set aside so many fats and carbs and protein for that evening, which is something that I do. Like if I know we're going to go eat out that evening, then I make sure, like, I'll eat lower carb, low fat, higher protein during the day because most of the foods that you want to enjoy when you go out to eat are, what, they're higher carbs, they're higher fat, so I will save those macros for the the evening, and then I probably still might overeat a little bit, right, because those foods are so, like, when you go out and eat, it's so dense you know there's so many calories in those foods um but you know what i don't feel guilty about it for one and also it's really it doesn't put me that much off track because i allotted and it fits my plan like that's that gives me i have that room to play around with those things same thing if i want to have like say for some reason I want to have some type of dessert or something during the day or I take my kids to have ice cream and I have ice cream with them during the day, then, okay, well, then at dinner I might just skip my cards because I decided to have my cards and ice cream. You know? So it's really, that's why I was talking about how this is something that's very sustainable, especially for mom life <laughs> for me because me, when it comes to my values and how I want to... Um, show up for my children, like what examples do I want to lead for them as far as nutrition is I want to show them that food is not labeled like bad or it's not... um, I hate it whenever it's like food is seen almost... Some people see it almost like as a religion and almost like a dictation of their morality. Like when they eat a certain food, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm bad. I'm bad because I ate that. And I never want my kids to have that complex. And that's something I've had to learn as a mom, especially when I first had with my my son, my first, Cason. When I had him, I was still struggling with this whole like that morality thing with food. And I was like, quote unquote, a clean eater. And I... Was I saw that I was going to put that on him because I was not allowing him to eat certain things, okay? Like he was definitely not allowed. Like even at daycare, I would bring him special, uh, not special, but like certain things because he wasn't a lot of gluten, he wasn't a lot of dairy, just all this stuff, right? And I realized, okay, I'm going to give him a complex. And so I don't want, I realize I don't want that for my kids because when you make that emphasis like that and make food morality like give it a moral sense of like okay you're bad because you ate this food that's just gonna set them up to have food issues later in life and I know this because I personally have dealt with food disorders all kinds of eating, different types of eating disorders on different spectrums so that's really very high standard for me on what I value in what I'm showing my children so this allows me to eat anything and everything I want, right? Essentially, I can. I can make anything fit. But I choose to 80 plus percent of the time choose healthier things. And then I leave that. It's more like for me, like yeah, it's like 10 to 20 percent is where I fit in the ice cream. And I don't know why I'm saying ice cream. I don't really like ice cream. I should be saying chips and salsa because that's really my thing. And the Mexican food. And occasionally having some candy. Like dark chocolate's my thing. But just having room for that for my children to see like oh mom is eating that with me like she's not sitting there like I can't eat that or you know just or I'm cooking something separate meals from them that's something else that I feel very strongly about is if you want to make this a lifestyle as a mom how do you think, and what examples do you think you're setting your kids when you are cooking separate meals for them? Yes, sometimes I will cook my kids separate sides. Like, I know they won't like that certain vegetable. I always make them try it, but I might make some like organic mac and cheese on the side for them. And that's something I might not eat, but still, we're eating a main dish together. The main dish we always eat together. So, When you do macro counting, you can allow for that. And that's really what I do is all my recipes. Sometimes you would probably, if you were to come over for dinner, not even realize that it's a healthier meal. So I will swap out ingredients. I will swap out ratio of ingredients to meat. Macros that I want it to meet, right? And so that would looks like sometimes that looks like putting more meat in something and less cheese or a reduced fat cheese or more vegetables. Like there's I manipulate the macros and my family dinners in order to help benefit me. If that makes sense, but also to make them healthier for my kids as well, because I want them to get a well-balanced meal, right? So that's really where I have found my love for for counting macros is because as especially as a mom because when I before I had my kids and I really wasn't into the macros I was more into clean eating I was into reading food labels eating like the purest food or all organic all you know I had it's funny because I went from having an eating disorder of uh, anorexic and bulimia when I was younger and into my 20s and then when I tried and when I was like, oh, I'm gonna get healthy, I'm gonna do this for me. Um, I had some health issues I wanted to correct. I saw, started seeing a naturopathic doctor, I started on a paleo diet. And so that paleo diet went from paleo diet to like, I had to eat the quote unquote perfect, most clean diet. And so I went into, I forgot what the term is um, as far as an eating disorder, but I did have an eating disorder where you, everything had to be pure. Like I would get food anxiety going to social situations or eating out because I didn't, I couldn't read the food labels. I didn't know what it was or, you know, God forbid, like I would not eat junk food at all or anything remotely that had high fructose corn syrup or had you know, some type of chemical or some type of name on the back of the food label, I couldn't read like, um, it was like that, like, I didn't eat gluten, I didn't eat dairy. Um, I didn't, I didn't eat sugar unless it was in fruit. And even then I limited it like, it was it was really bad. So macros actually helped me to balance that out for myself, because it helped me to kind of like, it grounded me, right? It was like, okay, I don't have to like restrict everything. I have, um, you know, these macros that I can have in a day and, you know, I can make things fit. And so it actually helped me out of that eating disorder and it helped me to get a more well-balanced approach to eating and that's what I've been doing for the past, gosh, like four years now and I love it and that's what I teach other women how to do. So that's really my spill on macros and why I like it so much and how it does have a place and it does fit, especially for a mom. And I know that it can look like a fad diet to some depending on who you follow and what you see because it's really big, you know, macros, counting macros is really big too as well. Um, But really wanting to show you how we can have a more practical, simple approach to it and that is everything, like I said, I really believe in eating more moderately and that's something that you can do with macros and it can really help you. And yes, there is a learning curve, but it's so worth it because then in the end you have a skill for life and you never have to do diets again, right? You never have to learn how to do some type of weird diet or like put your food in this food container <laughs> or count these points or whatever. Like you have a skill and then you can apply that to how you eat for the rest. of your life and to me that is really living a fit and healthy lifestyle and so like I said if you want to get started with macro counting go back and listen to listen to it was called um, your virtual nutrition console I think it was like three episodes back on the podcast go ahead get started that way if you're still not sure or if you want to do like a one-on-one nutrition console with me really dive deep into this and I can show you my process like I said I have a step-by-step process which is really easy to like implement Im- implement the macros, then you know. Get with me. You can email me at Jess at Mama's New Strong. You can find me on social media. If you have me on there, I'm is New Strong on Instagram, Jessica Nicole May on Facebook, and you know, just reach out. And that's really the first step. Is just learn is just taking that first step that okay I'm done I'm tired of doing all these things that don't work all these like quick fixes or these weird diets like I want to actually learn what's in my food I actually want to learn how to do this in a way that is practical and something that I can do for the rest of my life and um, yeah you just have to make that commitment and then you just go for it right so I'm gonna leave you with that and I will see you in next week's episode for now go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are bye for now